0: Welcome to the Homeschool Mom Podcast, where biblical truth informs our everyday lives as homeschool moms. I'm Janelle Knutson, and you are listening to episode number one, Avoiding Legalism in Your Home. I know this might be a strange episode to start a podcast for homeschool moms off with, but this topic of legalism in our homes, especially in homeschool families, has been on my heart and mind for a while. So I just had to do a podcast about it. I have seen many young people reflect back on their homeschool experience as being at home all day with a list of legalistic rules to follow. And that's really all they remember. But this is not what our homes nor our homeschools should look like. Our homes should be a place where God's word is taught and lived out with joy through grace alone, in faith alone, through Jesus Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. We don't want our homes to be a place of harsh words, harsh rules, and harsh punishments, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let me say first that uh, before we dive into this topic of legalism and how to avoid it in our homes, that the show notes for this episode can be found on my website at janelleknutzen.com forward slash podcast. I also have a lot of other great resources for homeschool moms over on my site, so make sure to hop over there later um, after this podcast is done. That's janelleknutzen.com. All right, so how do we avoid legalism in our homes? Well, I want to share five different suggestions of things we can do as parents to help us avoid legalism in our home, but please, please, please do not turn this into a legalistic um, list of steps to take. All right, these are suggestions. I'm sure there are many other things that we can do or avoid doing to avoid the legalism trap. So again, these are just suggestions. We don't wanna turn these into legalistic steps to take because that's what we're trying to avoid here. Now, before you think that I have this all figured out, let me tell you that what I'm about to share with you is also for me. I'm speaking to myself as well. These are things that I do well on some days and I fail at on other days. And in the early years of my parenting and homeschool journey, I was wrapped up in legalism and my older kids can attest to it. So what I'm going to share with you today are things that the Lord has graciously taught me as I've strived to know him and his word better and how to apply his word obediently, but not legalistically, in my own life and in my home. Okay, so how do we avoid legalism in our homes? Number one, live out your faith in front of your kids. That means that we as moms should be growing in our own walk with the Lord, that God's word should be changing us and the way that we live, that the people around us, including our kids, should notice a difference in our lives compared to the world. Now, living out your faith in front of your kids is number one on my list for a reason. This is not only important when it comes to avoiding legalism in your home, but it is vitally important for your own spiritual health. As moms, we need to be reading the Bible and letting the truth of God's word change us. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says this, This is the will of God, your sanctification. It is God's will for each of our lives that we be growing in our sanctification. Now, sanctification is just a big word for becoming more holy or more Christ-like. Romans 8.29 talks about God predestining us to become conformed to the image of his son, that is Jesus Christ. So as we live a life for the Lord, reading his word and letting it change our heart and mind and our words and actions, then our children will see that our faith is not about a list of rules, but about a vibrant relationship with God. Another way to live out your faith in front of your kids is to share with them what God is doing in your life. Now, of course, we want to make sure that what we are sharing is appropriate for them to hear. I'm sure there are lots of things that God is doing in your life as he's doing in mine that are not appropriate for our kids for my kids to hear, and aren't appropriate for your kids to hear. But do share with your kids about what you read in your Bible and how you're going to apply that to your life in that particular day that you're sharing it. Share your excitement about learning something new about God and his word. Share some appropriate struggles that you have and how God has helped you in that area. For example. Kids can easily recognize when mom is angry or frustrated, right? They know when we are irritated. So as God works on your heart and that overflows to a change in your behavior, let your kids know that God has been helping you to be slow to anger and thankful in all circumstances. Moms, if our relationship with God has grown dull, then our kids won't see a joy-filled relationship with the Lord. Instead, they will see a cold legalistic religion that they will want nothing to do with. So number one, live out your faith in front of your kids. Number two, be a safe place for your kids to ask tough questions. Let your kids know that they can ask you tough questions about God and his word without you getting defensive or belittling them for their lack of knowledge or faith. Children have lots of questions, and it should be a privilege as a parent to be able to answer their questions and point them back to the truth of God's word. Just like any new believer, her children are wrestling with hard things like, why is there evil in the world? How can God have always existed? Why do we say that there is one God when we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Or some of my favorite questions of all times... Like this one, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Or will we need to use the restroom in heaven? We can get a little chuckle out of some of those last ones, but you know what? Those are really tough questions to answer. And so I'm going to have some resources uh, listed in the show notes for you to help you uh, if you need help answering some of your kids' tough questions. Well, legalism says, believe and do what I say without questioning. Avoiding legalism means letting our kids ask the tough questions and then lovingly and patiently helping them find answers to the things that are on their hearts and minds. We also want our children to know that they can respectfully question our faith. Remember that their questions about your faith are not an attack on you. Rather, they are wrestling with God and his word and whether they will believe it for themselves or not. We never want our children to claim faith in Christ just because we do. They need to ask questions and wrestle with God's word and come to their own decision on whether they will put their faith in Jesus Christ. Allowing them to respectfully ask questions about your faith will demonstrate to them your own confidence in the word of God and the truth that is found in scripture. I think one of our tendencies is to get defensive and angry and frustrated when our kids ask tough questions. So pray that God would grant you patience as your kids continue to ask the tough questions that are on their hearts and minds. Now, it is okay to say that you don't have the answer and you need a few days to study up on it. This shows your kids that you are still learning and growing in your knowledge of God and what the Bible has to say. But I do suggest that you give them a specific day and time that you will get back to them. Otherwise, as busy moms, you may forget to look for the answer to that to their question. And then this can cause your child to doubt that the Bible really does have the answer to their questions because they think, oh, mom didn't bother to answer my question because she can't find the answer. So it's good to just give them a specific day and time. So here's an example of how this might look. Maybe your child comes to you and says, Mom, how do you know Jesus is the son of God? Why couldn't he have just been a prophet or a good person? How do we even know that he was actually a real person? You can reply in a very calm and confident voice. That is such a great question. And I know many people have wondered the same thing. I even wrestled with that years ago. Can I have a few days, though, to study up on it so that I can give you a better answer? Maybe we can discuss it more on Saturday on the way home from practice. So letting our kids ask us tough questions lets them know that we are confident that the Bible has the answer to the questions they seek. It shows them that our faith is not a blind faith. It's not a foolish faith, but it is rooted in reason and truth. A third way that we can avoid legalism in our home is to make a clear distinction between God's laws and family rules. I know too many people who have rejected Christianity because they grew up in a home where every family rule was seen as God's law. You obeyed it without question. And then other families who had different family rules were portrayed as not being good Christians. There was never a distinction made between the laws of God and man-made rules. God's rules are non-negotiable for everyone, everywhere, at all times. Family rules are rules that parents create to make the home and family a more orderly and enjoyable place to live. Hopefully, family rules are created with biblical principles in mind, but we have to remember that there is room for people to apply biblical principles in different ways. For example, God's law says, do not steal. That is non-negotiable for everyone. Stealing is a sin for everyone, everywhere, at all times. However, a family rule may be no sleepovers or maybe a specific curfew time. These rules were hopefully made with biblical principles in mind, but they may vary from family to family based on each family's unique circumstances. Let me give you another more specific example. One of our family rules is no burping at the dinner table. I've made it known to my kids that burping is not a sin. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that burping is forbidden by God. But I've told my kids that the Bible does say that we are to love God and love our neighbor. No burping at the dinner table is a way to show love to your neighbor, which is your family and friends that are eating beside you who don't want to hear you burp. Now in another country, Burping may be be a sign of gratefulness for a delicious meal, in which case you would want to burp at the table as a means of showing love to your neighbor. But since we don't live in those cultures, we ask that our kids would apply the principle of loving their neighbor by not burping at the dinner table. Now, if I've reminded a child not to burp and they purposely belch a big one at the table, then a punishment will be needed. But I remind them that they're not being punished for burping, but rather for the sin of disobeying their parent. The Bible says that children are to obey their parents. So disobeying is a sin that will be punished. Burping is not a sin, so it will not be punished. But if we have made it clear that we don't want them to do that and they purposely disobey us, then a punishment is needed for their disobedience. So I hope that distinction makes sense. Let me share another example. Driving 55 miles an hour is not a sin, nor in the Bible does it say thou shalt not drive 55 miles an hour. And obviously driving 55 miles an hour on the freeway is not wrong. But driving 55 miles an hour in a 25 mile per hour zone will come with some consequences. Not because driving 55 miles an hour is bad, but because those in authority have established a rule of 25 miles per hour in a specific area, and you disobeyed that rule. Another example for our family is with tattoos. We have a rule in our home that as long as our kids are living in our home and we are providing for them financially, we ask that they not get any tattoos, I do not, let me repeat, do not believe that getting a tattoo is a sin. I've studied up on this and I have found not a single text taken in its proper context to say that getting a tattoo is a sin. So we do not tell our kids that getting a tattoo is a sin. We let them know that this is a matter of conscience. We have said that this is an area where they need to pray, they need to study the word of God, and they need to apply the principles found in scripture to their own lives when they are adults. But until they're adults that are supporting themselves, we ask that they respect this family rule of not getting a tattoo. Again, we emphasize that other families have different rules. Other families and parents land differently on tattoos. Christians have tattoos. Getting a tattoo is not a sin, But this is a principle or a rule that we have put into our home based on principles that we have found in scripture. And so we share those principles with them, but we let them know the application of those principles may be different for other people, other families, and may be different for them as they grow to be adults. Now, one of the things that I have seen time and time again is kids who have grown up in Christian homes who have confused Christianity with legalism because there was never a distinction made between God's law and man-made family rules. It doesn't take a lot of time to communicate to our children the difference between God's laws found in the Bible and our own man-made family rules that we ask them to obey so that we can live in an orderly home. Now, this brings me to my next point, and that is, when possible, share the principles from scripture that led you to the rules that you have made. For example, let your kids know why no burping at the table is a rule. So maybe you guys read together from Matthew 22 verses 34 through 40, which talks about the greatest commandment to love God and then to love others. And then discuss as a family what loving your neighbor looks like. Ask them if burping at the table in front of others who may find it gross is really loving your neighbor. This not only helps them understand why your family has the rules that they do, but it gives them principles to apply to other areas of their life. It would be absolutely impossible for us as parents to write out a comprehensive list of do's and don'ts for our kids to follow, not to mention the fact that they would never be able to remember all of them. But if our kids know God's word and they know the principles found in scripture, then they can apply those principles to new situations that they face, not only as kids, but even into their adult life. I remember when I was growing up that it was a rule in our home that we could not watch PG-13 or R-rated movies. I don't remember there ever being an explanation of why those movies were bad. I just knew that they were bad because they had that rating on them. Now, maybe my parents did have that discussion with me and I don't remember. Another point to make is that as parents, we should um, be repeating these things and having these discussions with our kids over and over again. One time probably isn't going to stick. But I don't remember having that discussion. I just knew PG-13 and R-rated movies were bad. Then the Passion of the Christ came out and it was rated R. What was I to do with that? And then what about a movie rated PG that makes me uncomfortable or tempts me to sin? Should I still watch it because it was on the approved PG, PG rating list for me? See, rules are useful and have a place, especially with young children who are not able to reason very well yet. But it would have helped me more if I knew some biblical principles to apply when deciding on whether a movie was going to be good for me to watch or not good for me to watch. And then instead of just having this blanket rule of no PG 13 and no rated R movies. So I hope you're starting to understand um, this idea of sharing the principles from scripture that led you to the rules that you have made. So taking the time to share the why behind the rules we have established in our home lets our kids know that we are not asking them to live by legalistic rules. Rather, we're asking them to follow biblical principles that we have done our best as parents to rightly apply to our unique family. So let's just take a minute to review before moving on to the last suggestion that I have. To avoid legalism in our home, some suggestions. Number one live out your faith in front of your kids. Two, be a safe place for your kids to ask tough questions. Three, make a clear distinction between God's laws and your family rules. And four, whenever possible, share the principles from scripture that led you to the rules you have made. Now, finally, the last point is discuss the difference between foundational Christian doctrine and secondary issues. The last thing I wanna touch on here is allowing time to discuss with our kids the difference between foundational Christian doctrine that we cannot waver on and then secondary issues. We wanna lay a solid foundation in the Christian faith for our kids, but we also wanna give them room to wrestle with and come to their own convictions on secondary issues. The Trinity, the deity of Jesus Christ, original sin, the virgin birth, and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ are all examples of foundational doctrines that we cannot waver on. But there are solid Christians who differ on secondary issues, for example, baptism, and whether we should baptize infants or only those who have made a true profession of faith. R.C. Sproul is one of my favorite theologians and has had a huge impact on my spiritual growth over the years. But I disagree with him on baptism. I hold to a believer's baptism while he held to an infant baptism. Are we both believers? Absolutely. Will we be worshiping the Lord together in heaven someday? Yes, and I can't wait for that day. But we disagree on how Jesus' command to be baptized is to be practiced in the church. We both believe baptism is essential to the Christian life. But how that practically plays out is a secondary issue that we can agree to disagree on. Not that R.C. Sproul ever had a conversation with me or had any idea what my convictions were on baptism, but you get the idea. It is good to spend time sharing with your kids why you land on one side or another of a secondary issue. It's okay to give extra time and emphasis to defending your stance on a secondary issue, but make sure you share with your kids that true believers differ on secondary issues Let your kids know that they are free and even encouraged to study the Bible for themselves and to prayerfully determine where they land on secondary issues. As Christian moms, our desire should be to see our children walk in a right relationship with the Lord. We should eagerly and joyfully share with them about who God is and what he has done for us and how we are to obey him. But we also want to avoid legalism. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and he called them whitewashed tombs because while they appeared to outwardly follow the law, they did them for all the wrong reasons. Let's make sure our kids know that a relationship with Jesus is more than just following a list of rules. It is a relationship with God in which we are so very grateful for all that God has done for us that we willingly and joyfully choose to do all that he has commanded us to do. I hope this episode gave you some ideas on how to avoid legalism in your home. Remember that this is not a legalistic list of things to follow, but rather a few suggestions that you might want to prayerfully consider implementing in your own home. If you enjoyed this podcast, then make sure to subscribe to the Homeschool Mom podcast and share it with your friends and family. And remember that you can find the show notes for this episode over at Knutson.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.